welcome to Gender Nebulous number 46. And hello, Victoria. Well, hello. How are you? You might want to turn your microphone up a bit. I want to turn my microphone up. Why? Oh, I don't. It sounds a bit. Oh, it must be me. Hang on. That's usually my fault. <laughs> what have you been up to? My microphone is perfect, darling. What have I been up to? Since when? Since Thursday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> working on Friday. Um, went up to see my mum yesterday. Had a discussion around why she shouldn't read the Daily Mail. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, my mum reads the Daily Mail. Mom. I yeah. have this discussion. I, what I do with the day, my mum likes Daily Mail on a Saturday because it has the best TV guide. That's her argument. <laughs> That's say, exactly I, the argument I got from them as well. Yes. The thing is, I say, I'll pinch the TV guide for you, mum, just so you don't have to have that. And what I, the, my can, does can't like, you download something on your phone? <laughs> yeah, like but you see, my, mom, my mum's old school. She likes sitting in front of the fire reading the paper. And she, she I've, I, I've learned that she doesn't take it seriously. Like, I I did this thing one day when I was really annoyed with it because there was well I think there was a story by Maya Forstarter and I said Mum when you read that what do you what do you think about it what where does it make you feel and she goes oh she sounds a bit she sounds a bit pinched and I said what do you mean she sounds a bit she sounds like oh it's like a it's like I'm traditional but bloody hell and that and I get it that, that my mum reads those stories it's entertainment it's not news for my mum it's just something. That, you know, because it is, I think people buy the papers that are popular because they're just available, aren't they? Like byline news is more informative. It's full of correct, you know, facts. and But it's not on the newsstand because facts don't sell papers. <laughs> and I and I'm, I remember... I mean, I don't, I don't, mind, buying a, don't mind buying her independent, but I, I refuse to buy them. Well, I mean, yeah, there's got to be a... There's a happy medium between the the deep dives of the byline times to the crap that you get in the sun but but what i said i sat down with my mum once and i and I, I said can i just do an experiment with you and i got a red pen out and i said i'm going to go through every story in this paper and i'm going to underline a lie and i'm going to prove that it's a lie and i did this experiment with her and it took me about two hours and then at the end she says well i don't really matter doesn't matter does it <laughs> I was like, it does matter <laughs> Truth matters. Um, so, but, does she have it delivered, or do you go get it for her? Well, she just we go. We usually go shopping on a Saturday and um, in, in, to Asda, and, and it's always on the newsstand. There, she gets it because mm. it, on the Saturday you get the TV guide, and it's 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 in its own magazine, and it's really big letters, and they they know their audience, the Daily Mail. They know their older people. You know, they know that. You know. I think they just play to what they think their audience are rather than thinking, how can we elevate our audience into being more worldly wise and understanding the complexities of the world? They don't now just bash out another story that hates trans people. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, so it's the, it was the, da the Daily Mail discussion and then um, several problems with technology I needed to fix, you know, yeah. they don't have to do that. Well, yesterday... I went bra shopping and I discovered yeah. that Tesco, I've been to Asda, I've been to TK Maxx, I've been to Primark. And I don't know, there's just, I like a good solid harness. Do you know what I mean? Harness? So I went to Tesco. Oh, I think, <laughs> no, because, no, do you know what I mean? I think about, like there are fancy bras if you want to look pretty and all that, but I need them for work. I need. So you want something it, practical and supportive. Yeah, I need it to, flat, I need it to just hold me in. And feel comfortable. And a lot of bras, they don't have much at the side. 
And if and if you're quite, I mean, I'm not fat, but I'm not slight, am I? Do you know what I mean? So I need something that covers all of that. Yeah. Because then you, because if you don't, you end up with fat there and fat there. Or and then it's too loose, and then you're not getting the support. So these, I'm, I'm not going to take my top off. No, am I? Probably not live. Right, <laughs> but it comes all the way up to here, the cup, and right under there, and the band is that is right from there. So that's what I wanted. So it's like an industrial size bra. Is what yeah, saying. it's it's yeah. Uh, industrial <laughs> strength boob fastener. <laughs> because when I'm running away from turfs, I need something that's gonna. Give me aerodynamics. Does this happen a lot? Do you run away from turfs a lot? Yeah, when I throw, when I sling muck at them, they tend to come running after me. So I need to be faster. That's why I don't wear heels and I wear full uh, practical bras. That's top tip. That's why you tune into this podcast, is to find out these very practical tips top about tips. being a trans woman in 2023. And I'm, I'm going to a four-year-old birthday party later today. Wow. I'd just like to show... The, the gift, one second. Oh, you, right. All right, well, I'm waiting for the big reveal. It better be amazing after you're going off the screen to show me. Well, Vicky's away there. Well, uh, okay, oh, back. she's back. <laughs> Have you lost sorry. it? Sorry for that brief interlude. I can't see it, Vicky. You're in the green screen. That's it. Oh, no, it's disappeared. It's, it's a Spider-Man uh, plushie, isn't it? Oh, there, oh, yeah. I can see it now. Yeah. All I can see is your hands and something in invisible. the green screen doesn't work with that, does it? No, no, but you did see go. it momentarily. I get the idea. That's an, and I'm sure the person that is for is going to love it. Yes. I want one. You want one? Oh, well, yeah. I'll it's your birthday soon, so I'll get you on to that's that. Well, maybe not, but I'm not, I mean, I like daft things, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's definitely daft, yeah. Anything with rainbows on, I'm there for it. I'm not sure you can get a rainbow Spider Man, but I'll, I'll try and find one for you. So, no. yeah. Anyway, and last night I went out. Did you? And, uh, I regret it now. <laughs> no, I don't regret it. What I regret was being being a bit plastered and coming in. I think I'm going to put some pictures on Instagram. <laughs> and then I thought, oh God, what have I put on Instagram? What have I put on Twitter? So you were, drunk, up, you were drunk posting, were you? I know, but I, I thought, I, I'm not ashamed of like any in picture of me, cause even if I'm, I'm wearing less clothes, because I'm, I'm all into body positivity and I find that fetish scene I'm in to be celebratory of you know any alternative genders and and we're not sex objects we like celebrating the fact that we are different and that i you know anything i like anything like that but the problem is for me and you i think because we do this podcast together and i've been on news somebody could take those pictures and take them out of context so when i'm trying to make a salient point about culture wars and lobby groups and getting it. So like, well, this was you last week rolling around on the floor in your knickers in a fetish club. <laughs> it yes. don't sit well, does it? And that's what, no, I shouldn't have to feel like that. I shouldn't have to be like this one dimensional kind of perfect person or whatever people think is, I should be behaving like, but when you do put yourself out there, you've got to, you have got to tone police yourself a little bit because there are pictures of me last night that are on my phone that I definitely wouldn't even show you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> and when I came in, I I, I was so tired. I, I, I just I made myself a cup of tea and I got in bed and I didn't even take my clothes and makeup off. So you and woke, I woke up. up at eight, I woke up about half in ten. Your clothes from last night. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and my makeup smudged all over my pillow and. <laughs> 
I'll start. Well, some... you had a good night, no doubt. Yeah, I was. There was there was a really interesting thing. There's a guy. I mean, I would like... I would leave your pictures up, the clean ones. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's your way of expressing yourself. So why not? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's a time and a place, though, isn't there? I think, and because because Twitter is such an open forum, and it's like pretty. Well, much... maybe not on Twitter. Maybe leave them on Instagram, but not Twitter. Mm. But um, you know these people, they can if they want to if they want to harm you, that's what they'll go for. They'll go for something that. Oh they yeah, think... I mean they'll go after much um, kind of. It does you know, show them up though. Other, they'll go after pictures up. of you and your family, with you, you in it, with your friends, you with anybody. They'll go after any pictures you put up. I mean, yeah, they, they probably they probably keep a little file of you somewhere with all your pictures. But might might but but I'm a, the thing is I'm ultra aware of that. Mm. I might not have been last night when I was a bit off away with the fairies, but. When when I think or oh, like say I was invited I was invited to go on the Piers Morgan show last week so if I'd have done that and then because people do come for you and then they scroll back through my posts and found yeah, a picture of me like doing my dominatrix look they'd be like look at the state of this one <laughs> that's the <laughs> you know well, as long as Piers Morgan doesn't show up at the club I mean I guess you're I okay. mean probably well, he's the kind of guy to be honest those are the kind of guys that sneak around behind the wives' backs wearing their underwear. I'm not joking. Last night, honestly, last night in the club, we have to be careful who we let in, especially single men. Because we don't want to prejudice. We want to say because you're a single man, you're a threat or anything. But if you're not used to that scene, if you just come in as a tourist, you don't understand that just because people are walking around ne ne nearly naked, that's not an invitation. That's their personal space. And if you mm -hmm. want to talk to them, if you want to engage in it, that's fine. But you don't just, you don't gawp at people and you don't, do you know what I mean? I mean, if you're uncomfortable, sometimes guys are uh, nervous because they've never been before. That's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's just when sometimes you get these arrogant guys that think they've paid the money to get in. They want something for that money and they, they, it doesn't work like that. And um, I, I got approached by a guy and he was just sitting a little bit too close to me and he's like, See, the way I deal with that, I was like, what do you want, mate? <laughs> but it does happen. I think that this is, it, and this happens in other spaces as well. But like, like I made this point before about single sex spaces, about clubs, and, and when people say, oh, men are a threat in those spaces, they're not really a threat in those spaces. Men are more of a threat in places like clubs, in places like pubs, in places, even supermarket car parks, you're more likely to encounter someone who is a threat, not in a toilet. That's not to say it can't happen. It's just to say, do the do the risk assessment. Do the maths. Or do the math, as they say in America. Do the math. <laughs> why do they say that, Americans? I live... No, no, I still wonder that. I live, when I lived there, I thought, why, do they, why, don't they, why is the S missing? Why are you not using the S? Like, have we done the math? It's a bit like they put an S on things you're not supposed to and take the S off things you yeah. are supposed to. So yeah, they'll say math and then Legos. What are Legos? Can I play with the Legos? Legos. Because technically there Plural is more than Lego, one. right? Legos. If Lego is one piece of a the thing, then yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> we're going, off, to, going, we're going very, very, very far off topic here. Yeah, sorry. I do like Lego. That's something I wanted. You know, I keep you know that rainbow Lego set. Yeah, it's got. still available. Have, I've got that. Have you got it there? Mm. I love that. But the, but Lego have got this range of like um, gender inclusive figures and. What else did they do? They did a they did a they did a series of female scientists, and I thought that was amazing. Like the thought that the it's all available. Lego, if you go on the website, it's all that. I will forgive Lego for working with 
the Harry Potter franchise just because of that. <laughs> go on the website. Go on the Lego website. Everything's I love to go into the Lego shop in Manchester. Oh, the traffic Because you can build your own figure. So they have all the little pieces. It's always, you know, when you, when you try to buy figures in there, you've got that thing where they've got all the bits to make a, make a figure. Yeah. But it's always impossible to find what you want. And there's always yeah, we, millions of people yeah, yeah. all diving in trying to find stuff. What they need to do, Lego, if you're watching, what you need to do, you need to sell a like a a little a little kit of like twenty people, thirty people. Mm. And you can just mix it all up. Just just do that for me, please. Thank you. That's a great idea. Yeah. But you know some people on Etsy and uh, you um eBay. They make that's what they do. They'll get all the bits and they'll they'll make like custom figures and sell them as a set. No, right, that's so what I like need. Set, that's what I need. Set, there's a set of spacemen and like there's a set of doctors and nurses. So where's this? Five, it's, on, it's the thing on Twitter. Etsy. What's it called? Etsy. Have you heard of it? No. It's like a craft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Etsy. This yeah, is yeah. like an arts and crafts uh, yeah, yeah, seller's site. Know. I'm going to start using Etsy because I've now got some bits to right. to sell. But um, what was I saying? How did yes. we get onto Lego? I don't know. Anyway, well, we're talking about math, maths, because <laughs> I was saying about statistics. <laughs> how you know, do the maths, do the risk assessment, and do then the Legos. Say, Americans say math. Do the Legos. Should we look at the news? Yeah, might as well. Well, okay. we talk about Lego if you want. I prefer. I'd actually prefer that. It's all bad Well, based news. on some of the stories we've got coming up now, you're, you're probably right. Right. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so here we go. First one is our, our – oh, no, press the wrong button. There we go. It's um, Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney, Yay. once again, back in the news. And again, still the, you know, the, the Bud Light uh, um, and Nike mm. – Issues are, are kind of rolling on, and we've got another company involved, another two companies involved now. Actually, these are these are <laughs> kind of old um, things that Dylan did, but they're being dragged up now by the um, yeah, because the they want ones. more stories, don't they? And they want they, they more... ran out of real stories, so they're now you know trolling through the history of what she's done, and now they're calling for um, boycotts against Maybelline and Mac makeup. Would you believe? I think... Right, I saw the video of Dylan, you know, post-surgery. Yeah. She's had some facial feminization, and I think she's, you know, changed her look a little bit. I think she, it, to my mind, she seems more mature. Like, I Well, mean, she did a video this week, didn't she? It's, yeah, just, it's just explaining one video. The, the impact of all this negativity yeah, she, that's been going she, on. Uh, she'd been away from TikTok and uh, Instagram for a bit. So so she, this was like her return video. And it was quite interesting because it had a completely different tone to a lot of her other videos. And this was like, uh, I, I need to address this. And, and she's very measured, you know. And I think Dylan is really intelligent. Because at first, when I first started seeing Dylan Mulvaney popping up on things, I'm thinking, who's this idiot? But the idiot thing is the act. You know, the idiot thing is the way that you can clown around and get, you know, popular because people like watching fun things and bright and having a laugh because generally young people like joy <laughs> and Very now nice. she's, she's she, it's like she's got this different attitude because she's realized how dangerous some of the narrative has become and i think she might feel some responsibility for it she shouldn't really but 
So you might feel like, oh God, what 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 machine am I a, a cog in here? Yeah. And that was that's what came across to me. And and Owen Jones reviewed this video, and Owen was saying the only reason Dylan Mulvaney is criticised got nothing to do with beer, it's got nothing to do with Nike, it's got nothing to do with uh, Maybelline or anyone like that. It's to do with the fact that she's trans. If this was a another yeah, if anybody else, nobody would care. Even if it was a male person selling makeup. Yeah. On, and, this is uh, true. Yeah, that would be better pods. than this, wouldn't it, for them? Because they would say that as, oh, that's a nice, you know, but it, it's the trans bit they don't like. So the, it's, it's, a, weird, it's the article. It? The article says the backlash is believed to have started by former trans transracial internet personality Ollie London, who posted oh, tweet misgendering right, Mulvaney and making fun of an old Maybelline partnership she'd posted. Right. Well, let me tell you about Ollie London, because I did a little bit of research on Ollie London. I've not and heard Ollie that L- that term before, transracial. Well, he, 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 he was in the news a while ago because he said he wanted to be Korean and he had his features changed uh, cosmetically. Okay. That's who he was. But he he put himself out there as a detransitioner. And people got behind that who, you know, who were working for people like the Policy Exchange. Now, this is what I'm right. I'm thinking about writing this as uh, one of my Turf Reich series, and it's about media influencers. They're not politicians. They're not um, just benign players and have their own opinions. They're working for lobby groups. And there's two of these that I've seen on telly quite a lot recently Zuby. Zuby was the guy that was on the Piers Morgan show I would have been on. And he puts himself as a rapper, a hip hop artist. It's just interesting that he's Michael Gove's favourite hip-hop artist. Do you know what I mean? Because this is... Same with Lawrence Fox. Same with... um, There's a few of them. I can't... I I could probably list them, but... um, It's Ubi. Dolly London's one of them. And who did I just mention? I forgot now. But anyway, these are people. They're not... They're there to be media influencers because they know they've got... they'll, They'll get the Twitter post boosted by these bigger accounts and then it becomes a snowball. So then they have media influence and then there are certain people who were paid to do analytics who work in the government and say, well, these people, these young people can reach an audience that we can't. So we can we use their narrative? Can we outcome? So there'll be certain people like, I think they've done it with Kirsty Allsop in the past and Carol Vorderman, but interestingly, they've gone the other way now. So it's like it was like a sort of overnight. So it's using basically using popular yeah. people to yeah push your yeah message. because they've always done it. They've always consulted with like if you become a popular person in the media, and you're someone like Carol Vorderman, that the government or like not the the what they call statisticians and um what do you call it like they plan a campaign. For somebody and say, I know Maureen Lipman has done it, and they'll plan a little campaign for them to to lobby on something because they know that person. Because if, like, say somebody like, it's like uh, using a using a celeb as a, an influencer. Yeah. Kind of there thing. are some there are some politicians that span that because somebody like Reese Mogg can be a personality in the media and also a politician. But most of the time, the politicians, nobody fucking listens to them anyway because they're so boring and can't even string a sentence together on Laura Coonsberg, never mind on a Instagram post. 
So, I mean, this, you know, this, this backlash was, I guess it was started by Ollie London and then it's been, um, we've had Jordan um, Peterson yeah. urging followers to boycott Maybelline. Twitter users pointed out the obvious that Maybelline and Mac are different brands and not yeah. owned by the same parent company. So, yeah. you know, it's just the same as what was going on with the boycott but, Bud Light. So and, but you see, all of Ollie you know, London's posts are ridiculous. If you look at there was one today I saw which said that trans women are pretending to be disabled. What? Right? Pretending to be um, in wheelchairs to get access to things. And I don't, I just, honestly, that That's was the mad. story. And, you know, you can't take it seriously. You couldn't take it seriously before, but if you read that and take it seriously, then you, the only reason you're following Ollie London is because you just hate trans people. That's it. It's just mad about Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. what... I mean, it's an interesting phenomenon. If you look at, like, Graham Linehan, he's about to get hit by a really serious... But he's, good. he's about to get hit by a very, very serious court case, and it's, it's, a, it's a defamation case... It's a harassment and bullying case. I know, and I can't say too much about it because I actually, in communication with some of the people, but I've been collecting tweets and his kind of, when he's at his worst, because that what he does, he actually tries to shame trans women by sharing pictures of them pre-transition or when, like I said before, about you know, I got those pictures of me on the internet now, now, if he wanted to, he could. What he'll do is find a picture where I look yeah, ugly, he thinks I look ugly or whatever, and he put that to with, with me. And I saw this, and this monster is doing this now, and that's what he's doing, and it's it's really cruel, and it's just sadistic. And his little his little attack dog followers are, are just as bad, you know. Mm. But he's the he's the ringleader and all that kind of stuff. Right, let's move on. Yeah, sorry about having to think about Graham Linehan. Yeah, who wants to think about Graham Linehan? It's like it's it's Sunday, you know. Come on. So your your favourite um, Tory, Caroline Oaks. Yeah, she's the only blue I love. <laughs> Says her party won't win next election by focusing on culture war issues. Mm. Um, Conservative MP Caroline Oaks has hit out at the toxicity of debates on the trans community, claiming that. Focusing on narrow issues does nothing but cause division. In an interview with the news agents, Noakes claimed her party will not win the next election if they focus on stoking division through culture wars. Mm-hmm. Debates with the, the economy and public services are far more important in her eyes. I mean, that's true. You know, um, there's a lot of shit going on in this country, which is yeah. pretty important. Um, it's why this though. government is focusing on culture wars, yeah. God knows. You see, what's interesting to me is. Like most of the stories we cover that cover mention the word trans are negative. And when somebody just so much as says, maybe we shouldn't be focusing on this, the story is about trans again. Because it's like saying Caroline Noakes is, you know, people that comment on this will say Caroline Noakes doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but all she's saying really is, you know, can we just simmer down a bit, please, at the back of the class? Yeah, I mean, let me just read this bit out. When asked if the Tories had stoked division and hatred, Noakes, who's also chair of the Women and Equalities Committee, said, I think that it would be fair to say that by continuously focusing on a few narrow issues where there is real division and toxicity in the debate, that it does stoke people up. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, 
Well, I mean, she's wrong in a way because it it does get because people tend to unfortunately vote emotionally rather than pragmatically. And if somebody's going to say, "Look, if you fought for this party, look at what they want to do. They want to, they want to, they want trans women all over the show. You won't be able to go driving down the street without a trans woman popping up out of the drain pipe." I wouldn't mind so, that. I no. think that should be what that should be reality. But the the, the way people vote in in a, in a in a last minute maybe decision, they go, "Well, on balance, everything's a little bit shit. None of them are doing anything I want, but I hate trans people." So, so you, you remember one. you remember Lee Anderson and he's uh, oh yeah yes yeah, he's he's just a dick. He was in the say they're gonna they're gonna fight on a mixture of culture wars and trans debates. Mm. Um, to win the election. I mean, in an interview in February, Anderson claimed that that the three things that won the 2019 election for the Tories was Brexit, Boris and Corbyn, mm. adding that the Tories will rely on the trans debate to stir up voters for the anticipated 2024 general election. So yeah. they've already stated it themselves. They know they know themselves what they're going to do. Yeah. And, the, you know, they're using the the trans debate as yeah, uh, well, we have become... the weapon I mean, against I... us. It's kind of abstract though, because they're never talking about us personally. Because if, like, if if somebody was to talk to a trans woman or trans uh, non-binary person or trans man in a studio or in a select committee and say, "Talk, can you tell us about your experience? What your life is like?" You know, it would shatter every single one of the arguments because they can only mm. think of us as a conglomerate mass of, you know, we're not we're not human. We're just an idea that has infiltrated the culture. We're a threat. We're um, we're all delusional, you know that that. Because so then so then after thinking all those things, people don't have any worry about slagging us off because they've already dehumanized us so much. You don't think of us as real, so it doesn't matter. And and the difference with this argument and like sometimes people compare racism to transphobia. Now I know in so I know in a lot of ways it is the same because it's discrimination, but. See, one of the nuances of trans arguments is there's a transitional period. You don't transition to being black. You don't transition to being anything else you can't help being. But there is a there is a choice element to it. There is a there is a kind of gray area where it is psychological and mixed with philosophical, and then there's, you know, uh, changing physically. So so there's a, there's so many layers to the argument that it has to be it has to be summed up in the most ridiculous ways so so when you when you try and argue with people about being trans what you're actually doing is you feel like you're defending your own existence but you're not really because we all have these arguments with ourselves in our own minds we've already thought about this stuff more than they ever will we've already had doubts we've already through, been through that trauma of not being brave enough so when somebody comes at you and says, "Well, you're not, you're, that's not real," I said, "You know what? I didn't think it was real, but I worked out that it was." <laughs> this is very true. Very true indeed. Yeah. Uh, so the London Marathon. London Marathon. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this is another this one really, story. This one really annoyed me. It's a really kind of stupid thing to have happened. Um, <clears throat> Do you think we should do better segues? Because, like, I was thinking, I was just thinking, is yeah, there any way I can make this story going to the London I, Marathon? I wasn't sure I how you're going to do that one. No, but we've um, just been. So it's been trans a long slog, woman, Vicky. It's been a long slog, and we've run a long way, and we need yeah. to reach the finish line. So, yeah. <laughs> trans woman, Glenique Frank, ran the London Marathon in the female category, finishing in four hours, eleven minutes, and twenty-eight seconds. And apparently, <laughs> that position they came in at was six thousand. Yeah. 
160th in the female category. Yes. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's you know, not a story, really, is it? It's, 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 it's nice. like the story just because of the trans element. Yeah, so bigots are raging, raging because of a trans trans woman ran in the London Marathon and came 6,160th. Um, you know, they've been they've been accused of cheating real women out of a place. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 defense that she's used is that, you know, she's run, running in the category that aligns with the gender. Mm. What really annoys me about this is if you go and look at the official results page mm. for the marathon, when you go in yeah. there, it's it's divided within the marathon itself, there's different categories of race. You've got the um, the elite race, which is for, you know, I guess people who are registered or run under the British Athletic and other other worldwide athletics associations. And they, they, I think, to get in that elite race, you have to be invited. There's no way to yeah. apply for oh, it. Oh no, you can't just. It's turn part up of the that. associations that you run with. I think you've got to have you've got to have certain criteria. Yeah, you've got, got to have to history have as being a and a runner, yeah, or at maybe least. an Olympic runner. It's probably really complicated. Yeah. So when you just go in and try to apply to be in the marathon there's none of that information on how to join the elite thing is there because it's probably not how you well get in you don't apply for it well the the, the thing about this story is it's the one that i was i was wrong to go on piers morgan about and yeah obviously well, I couldn't let me just finish trade. what i was saying about the categories so then you've go got then. then you've got Sorry. the mass you've got like the mass participation race and then you've also got paralympa paralympic um categories for mm-hmm. you know people who are competing in wheelchairs or people who are being who are blind or being and have someone who leads them around the course so there's yeah. different categories and those categories have kind of the kind of coded categories that match with you know what you see in the paralympics yeah but i'm i'm sure for the elite races and those races within the marathon itself that there's there's rules that you have to kind of you know apply against but in the in the mass participation race, there's pretty much no rules. I mean, no, you know, you people fridge, you, people you? join these people, <laughs> yeah, people run around carrying fridges and washing machines, dresses, and Mickey Mouse, dresses and... fish and Mickey Mouse and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so I, I still, I, yeah, go on. Sorry. I so I mean, this person had had applied in the mass race under the female category, and they finished six thousand. I think it was one hundred and fifty-eight, not one hundred sixty. So yeah, anybody who finished after after her would would be one place further down the list. But mm. most people who are running in that race, they're doing it to raise money for charity. They're doing it for fun. You know, they're competing with thousands of other people, male, female, yeah. non-binary. They don't care really what position they're coming. What they care about is participating. And some of them who are a bit more serious about it care about their time. It's the time that they achieve, not really the position, because. Mm. You know, my brother runs in marathons. He's done a couple now. And the most important thing to him is how long it took him. And if he if he came 6,120 6, as opposed to 6,122, I don't think he'd give a damn about mm. the position. He's more concerned about the time, you know, his, mm. like his personal time, because everybody who's who's in that race, yeah. you know, they're basically competing against themselves to try and better themselves or get a decent time. Yeah, they don't really care the position. A lot you of still people... get a position in the overall race against yeah. all categories. Yeah. So it's just it's just so ridiculous and annoying. So so do you think this is just a non story? It is a non story. It's absolutely but I, I was thinking I was thinking really, um 
like most people that run this race, like when not the professional race, they're doing it for charity. They're doing it yeah. to better, feel better about themselves yeah, and exactly. achieve something. They might have been through some trauma in their life, and mm -hmm. this is the celebration. And it's it was so lovely to watch on the news when I watched the runner because you know people people still coming in at eight and nine o'clock from that race, and they they've and I think the real winners. I mean, it's okay looking at the elite category. It's always fascinating to see who's the fastest, but people that. It's about endurance. It's not about being the fastest. It's about what you will, what you want to achieve, and then achieving it. And whether what you could say, oh well, why bother, and all that kind of stuff about sport. But that's what it's about. There's something in the human heart that wants to, and to see people like Piers Morgan focus on this instead of focusing on. They could have they could have done a story about anything to do with the London Marathon. They could have celebrated. They could have picked, a, they could have picked a, an individual and said, "This person's ran the race and raised this much money for this." Yeah, charity. there's so many much more interesting. You see, you could do what you could. You could probably write a story, um, probably write a film about any one of those runners in the amateur category. Yeah, they've and all got all amazing stories of how they did it. And they will money all they individually have a beautiful yeah, story. Exactly. And even if they didn't, there'll be people that didn't make the end. It doesn't mean they failed. It just means that they're going to try again. Yeah. Now, when when they were talking about this on Piers Morgan, it reminded me of all the debates about transports because this uh, person came in, was it 6,060th? 6,160. Yeah. So what they would say, if this if this is the way things get reported in trans Twitter, they would say she was the fastest trans woman in the London Marathon. Now, technically, that's a fact. But we don't it's know only, she's the only one. Well, we don't. Well, she might have been the second fastest, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because in the law, in, in their mind, that maths makes sense. But in the real world, in the real world of time and endurance and um, the idea, you know, like and eye coordination, being able to balance, being able to focus, mental agility, and the endurance. Like I said, there's so many variables. So when trans women are not the problem here, you know what I mean? It's like, we're, we, if you're going to say, like in maybe an elite, the only time that argument made any sense to me when it was when I was, when I was told about the story of uh, Fallon Fox, because I thought, okay, there may be, but that's a sport that is, uh, uh, well known of being brutal people want to make money so they'll put fighters together that really shouldn't be together and that that's got nothing that that's across the board you'll see people getting the noses broken and the legs broken in mma because the people that regulate that and the people who want to make money from it are the problem not not i mean obviously if you if i can't speak for fallon fox but she has spoken out about it, and she's had, she's had so many injuries herself, but nobody ever mentioned that. And you could have you you could have a reasonable argument about whether a trans woman who, who's you know been tra training as a man and then cha you know changed her identity over time, but the way that transphobes want to think about it is like say I woke up in the morning of London Marathon, decided to be a woman. <laughs> That's the way the story plans out. They don't. They take away all the human element of it. They drain away all the, all the beauty of of that kind of experience and just bring it down to the fact that this person identifies as trans. Well, I mean, and the only thing the the only thing they can say is that oh, she's she's stolen a place from fourteen thousand women who finished after us, after. Her. Well, it's not that, is it? Yeah, it's just, I, don't, I, do, <laughs> I don't. I don't London, think those people really care. 
I don't think they pick runners based on that because they wouldn't say we need a 50-50 split of men and women. You wouldn't no, get it. They don't. The maths doesn't I mean, you could sense. go you could go but, crazy with your categorization, you know. Yeah. I was gonna say there's a there's a show on radio. I think I mentioned it to you before, but there's a show on Radio 4 called More or Less. And they mm. look at the news from a statistical and mathematical standpoint. So when a journalist puts um, a rounded number into an article, like say it might be 850,000 people um, did this to this, which affected that, but they'll say 1 million people. Now, you might not think there's a massive difference there, but there is, and the numbers don't add up. So... That's that. So sometimes it's worth looking at news stories, not from like purely your emotional opinion, but just look at the numbers, like especially something like sports where numbers are important. Like you know, I I just yeah I just I just found this this thing. It's just ridiculous. You know, I was thinking if you if you were to if you were to take categories and say okay, let's have the category of male, female, non-binary, and then within the female category, let's split it trans and cis and then let's further split it to yeah. fat thin tall big yeah, feet little feet big hands little hands you, you know never, whatever whatever category yeah. you want to come up with you know i could end up being in the category of tall fat trans women uh, <laughs> dressed in a onesie carrying a fridge you know and i could be the fastest or slowest yeah, trans but woman I, who ever did that you know i still it's just ridiculous I, yeah, like, still, why bother with all these yeah stupid categories and then my, accuse uh, people of stealing a place when people aren't looking at the position in terms of where they finished in a the category they're more concerned about the time they achieved they're just nonsense total well bullshit i was gonna story. say uh, i just remembered i was gonna do my you know i had that idea of uh, of running the marathon the wrong way dressed yeah with the fish con fish costume yeah yeah because because it's like it's it's a little sort of humorous comment on human nature, isn't it? <laughs> I thought, so I, but you see, you wouldn't be able to do that at the London Marathon because the security is so Well, the tight. rules will prevent you from doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not allowed to do anything that endangers other runners. You might be able to get away with it at the Manchester Marathon. But, yeah, if you were to you run with the flow and then just yeah. stop now and again yeah, and be what, a fish. What, what you would have to do... It, to make that work, because you're probably just going to get pulled off the side by security or something, or the, you know, what they call, what they call them, people that monitor races. I don't know. Oh, um, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Stewards. Stewards. So, so you should, you'd probably just get like a three minute video of it, and then they just you just get then they kick you out of the race. Yeah. Yeah, but, that, but how, that, how, you, you can imagine like how stupid it could get with categories. Like, okay, so Vicky's running with a hot point, Frida's running with a Hoover. You know, it's like, how do you, you know, this one weighs more than that one. This one's got more controls on it. It's like, you know, where, where do you go with that? It's like, you could have well, a, you could have 10,000 categories. What's interesting about that argument? But you've stolen a place for me because I was going to run with a fridge and you ran with a fridge <laughs> and you stole yeah. my place. You see, the interesting thing is, like, when you see people like Sharon Davies uh, on Twitter, if we had the world that she pretends to want, where sport is absolutely fair and everybody's measured by size and weight on, and, and it depends on your testosterone. Sharon Davis wouldn't make it because she's got hands like spades. She's six foot five, and that's why she wins. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, you could eliminate Sharon from her own race. Yep. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So that I mean, it's always the same. Ridiculous. And, um, I don't. I don't. I, I just don't think most people care about a story like that. 
that story only existed so it just Piers annoyed Morgan. me when i saw it i thought what on earth is this nonsense so what's just let the, just let the person win and have some fun you know exactly like, they're not i mean i mean and this person that did did they did enter, for charity anyway they it's were like, trying to say that they should give the the medal back yeah i know it's no, ridiculous. Bit, but, but it's the fun sad run. thing is the it's not even serious it's a fun participation event oh dear anyway next one yeah this next one's not much better um, Republicans, Republican orders staff to wear clothes consistent with biological gender or face the sack. So this is some weird Texas Republican <laughs> person. Already at this. Sid Miller has yeah. dictated a dress code policy forcing employees to dress according to their gender. Look at the state of him. Okay. I mean, first of all, what gender dictates wearing a hat like that? He looks like the kind of thing. You no, know, if South Park were going to depict a southern, <laughs> looks like somebody. Looks like uh, you remember the Dallas. Remember the Dallas. Genders. I don't yeah. want transgenders in my workplace. You'll wear whatever <laughs> I say you will. <laughs> oh, but it's like Jr. out of Dallas, don't they? They should put Dylan Mulvaney and this guy together for a, for a for a podcast. <laughs> so this guy, the Texas Department of Agriculture has ordered its employees to wear clothes consistent with their biological gender yeah. to create a comfortable work environment. The TDA sent out a memo regarding the new dress code um, with a copy being obtained by the Texas Observer. The memorandum signed oh, by Sid Miller... <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? The memorandum signed by Sid Miller, Texas Agricultural Commissioner, reads... Employer employees are expected to comply with the dress code in a manner consistent with their biological gender. Mm. Variation of this gender policy includes remedies up to and including termination. It's, you know, the thing, it's like what on earth? I know, but the thing is, it's a. Serious... I mean, how, first of all, how would you even decide whether something is, you know, which, which gender do trousers belong to? You know, women this... wear trousers. Men wear trousers. How are you going yeah, yeah, to? Yeah, but this brings up like, in, like you can implement dress codes and stuff like that in certain jobs because you can say it's health and safety, right? Yeah, well, so this is I'm, this is just this is just so it's based on biological yeah. sex. Oh yeah, I know, I know, but, but I'm, I'm just trying to think of a, of any times because we have obviously like I work in a very physical job and and, uh, and you I wouldn't be able to wear heels. <laughs> so, but but sometimes people. Well, you could wear cowboy that. boots with with. Um, you know, if you're in Texas, because... It's yeah, Texas. but what I'm saying is some people will try and use those kind of health and safety things to tell people what to wear when they're not in a, a, a situation where it matters. So, like, sometimes when I've been in the office, like, sometimes I don't work on the road, I just go in the office and I've come in in a skirt and somebody said, yeah, you're not supposed to wear that if you... You know, and I said, well, I'm not actually on the road at the moment and... Do you know what I yeah, mean? I mean, if there's a if there's a genuine health and safety reason, I, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, but I just it applies to both. It applies to both sexes, you know. I don't want any of them men telling me they're ladies. That's what it's coming down to, isn't it? Like, we don't take too kindly to your start round here. That's what it is. It sounds you, you're scaring me. Hey, Victoria, you gonna <laughs> come to Texas, or do we have to chase you out? <laughs> So you know what you're saying is this is this is this is all about. Um, but these people, not, just... not everything is about transgenderism, as such. As much as some would like it us to believe that, Miller is a staunch supporter of 
indicted former President Donald Trump. Of course he is. <laughs> Drain the swamp. It's just mad. <laughs> it's funny, though, because... Well, it's not funny. It's it's really fucking serious. It's like these people are emboldened to say these things and do these things because of people like Donald Trump. So when people tell me, oh, don't, don't pay any attention to Trump, it don't really matter, it's... You know, they, they've changed laws. They, they've, they, it's directly because of Trump that Roe versus Wade was overturned. Mm. You know, the right to bodily autonomy is being threatened in America. We're living in Margaret Atwood's America now, and and, and well, it really annoys these, me. These southern states, yeah. And it's like George Orwell, and 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 what annoys me about it is I've seen those ideas used by turfs like oh they think they think they're on the right side they think we are the the oppressor and it's it's, it's such a weird because it, it it feeds into orwell so well because what he said what what orwell said was you know just in in a really simple terms is that that when what news will do is teach you that the good guys are bad guys and the yeah, the bad guy's a good guy. That that's what it's about. And it's about it's about Nazi it's about communism as well. And it's about Nazism. And and it's about that. And it, and and they don't get it. Because when they when they put something on Twitter that says, you know, um but news speak and they're talking about there's no such thing as truth anymore because trans women are, are trying to redefine what truth is. So, you know, you've got the argument the wrong way around. Nobody's trying to redefine. We're just telling you that the things you think are fixed aren't. And you, if you look at them enough, you'll see that. And the people that are in power can use that against you by simplifying things. Yeah. So Brian Klosterboer, I think I've said that right, an attorney with the ACLU of Texas, told the Texas um, Tribune he believes the new dress code violates Title Seven of the Federal Civil Rights Act, mm. which bans employment discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. State mm. agencies should be focused on doing their jobs and not discriminating against their own employers and trying to make political statements through their agency regulations. Yes, correct. Well, you see, I don't. I, I was just thinking then about, you know, what I said about Trump. Mm. Would the world be any different if Hillary Clinton had won that election? I think it Could you sometimes think, you know, if it was a female, you would get a better outcome, but not necessarily because I've always said, and, I, and it sounds like a joke, but I think Stormy Daniels should be president because if you're going to have a comedy president, you're going to have a president that isn't really Stormy a Daniels politician. Why not have somebody that... never going to be president. But I know that. Neither is Monica Lewinsky, who I also should be president but the point of making with that kind of joke is that these are the people that have the moral side of the story not donald trump and not bill clinton and it's like i think i think i think these people like this what's he called mr gammon face with a hat on sid miller yeah miss sid miller he, he would have been one of those people that would have said like i ain't voting for no goddamn lady <laughs> that's what his attitude <laughs> would have been about hillary clinton yeah and they they're just misogynists and they you know mad. Yeah, but I, I don't think the world would have been any different if Clinton would have won that. Okay, so whilst, whilst we're still in America. Let's pop over to Florida. Well, going at the plane to Florida, are we? Yeah. So 
Should have some this sound is... effects there, like a jet engine noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're pretty pretty poor with our segues today. Um, Disney sues Florida Governor Ronda DeSantis over targeted, over <laughs> targeted campaign of government <laughs> retaliation. So this, this is a really strange one as well. Disney has has sued Florida's Republican Governor Ronda DeSantis amid a months-long bitter feud. The House of Mouse. <laughs> uh, Mickey's fighting back here. Um, has launched legal action against DeSantis over his um, takeover of the park's special district, filing the lawsuit just moments after a, an oversight board appointed by DeSantis voted against the deal, which gave Disney design and construction control over its properties. Disney's Disney claims voting against the deal will cost the company billions of dollars and the state thousands of jobs. I mean, this is this has been going on for a while. This dispute, you know, the history of this kind of goes back to 1967, uh, where the company had a near total control of the area in which its sprawling properties are based, called the the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Fifty year old okay. agreement between the state. And the company sees Disney exempt from such things as property tax, mm. whilst at the same time having an autonomous control over things like its own fire mm. service, etc. Wow. Taking control of the area in February and putting a board of hand-picked conservatives in charge, DeSantis said the, corp- the corporate kingdom has come to an end and described himself as a new sheriff in charge. So, so is, yeah. is, is, is uh, Disneyland sort of its own state? It, it, it was an air, a region within Florida in Orlando that mm-hmm. Disney were kind of in charge of. I think it goes back to the the fact that there was nothing going on there when they built it, and they were trying to they were trying to bring in jobs and you know a bit of uh, prosperity I to the thinking, you know, to the state. Was... And Disney were kind of given this deal: you develop it, you look after it, and we won't charge property tax. I mean, it seems <laughs> seems like a good deal at the time. I just think it'd be really funny if, like, DeSantis gets beaten by a 90-year-old effeminate mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, I was re- I remember reading about Disney, because Disney, you know, there was some really dodgy stuff went on with Disney. And there was one story about what, what, what you know, the people that drew the, you know, basic cartoons that became animations and designed Mickey Mouse. Well, one of the people who worked for Disney thought it would be funny to do a sexualized version, and obviously that leaked. I can't have, and it's there's a story about it somewhere. I'll find it for you. I'll put it in the Twitter. But it's interesting because it shows the the, the even because the people that work for Disney um, would be from all over because they just picked them because they were great artists. They were good at drawing. They weren't political. They didn't play because of political reasons. So some of the people that working for Disney had very kind of weird views let's put it that way and then they did back then anyway. and we know that disney didn't didn't get they did some quite racist stuff didn't they mm-hmm. racially stereotypical i mean even and if you watch tom and jerry now they, the maid is black and you never see her face you just see her feet as she's dragging herself along the floor oh, Thomas! <laughs> yeah so i mean you know dickie mouse would be a good name for him wouldn't it mm. Was Instead it Disney that did uh, Tom and Jerry? Is that a different thing? I'm thinking. I'm not of? sure. It did Tom and Jerry? It's probably Disney. It's, I think they're part of the same conglomerate now. That's probably why I'm mixing it up because a lot of the companies that came up around Disney, they all became one big 
company, didn't they? And Disney now, Disney Plus and all that. They put out a lot of content that isn't catered for a younger audience. It's kind of reaching out, you know, beyond. Well, my, my money's on Dickie Mouse to win. So there we go. Yeah, I want to go to Disneyland because, I mean. Oh, it's, I, don't, it's... I don't want to go to Florida, not with this idiot in charge. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it'd be interesting, though, to go because it's not somebody that I thought about I'd, I'd enjoy, but just as a social experiment, like go as a trans woman and see how people treat I mean, you. I, I've been. I, I went when I was there. I mean, it's a and nice How did you feel? Place. Did you feel welcome? Did you well, feel... it's typically it's typically Disney. There's lots of cartoon characters. I suppose everybody's acting, though, aren't they, when they're in yeah, the it's very Yeah, it's very and... fake. There's lots yeah. of you know, like people in costumes and um, it's spotless. And, you know, it's just like you would imagine Disney World to be. It's, I remember Ruby Wax interviewed. A, I mean, it's a nice yeah. day out. You know, yeah. it's yeah. You're, you're, in, you're kind of submersed into this Disney World. Mm. Well, Ruby Wax interviewed a lady once on Channel 4 and she used to work at Disneyland and she used to play Snow White. Now, Ruby when Wax. she went to her house, she'd done a house like Snow White and she was still talking like <laughs> Snow White. She was still acting like Snow White. <laughs> she could never break character. So, you know, she to, to all intents and purposes, that was her real existence. And when she got fired, I didn't say why she got fired, but maybe she was caught having a pint of lager on the back of her, or a fag behind the back Probably of her. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'd love to see that image. But yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so it was interesting that, that I thought it was really funny. I think that's still on YouTube somewhere. But she interviews this lady and you can tell she's sort of, you know, she's got, issues let's put it that way but it just shows you into like ronda he's picking on he's picking on disney yeah he's dirty because because disney were opposed to the the don't say gay bill yeah of course but i mean that's where it all started you know it's because they i think i think it took a while for disney to get on board with what their staff were telling them that it's Mm. you know we don't want this bill we need the company to you know make a statement against it and Eventually, Disney did that, and and because of that, you know, DeSantis has gone after them and decided, right, I'm going to take away your special uh, privileges in your piece of land. You know, it's just like he's going after them because they were against his bill. It's just, it's just, yeah, God. yeah. It's, I think I think uh, Trump is planning to run, isn't he, for president in 2000? And well, DeSantis will be the challenge to him, and, and I'm not sure which is worse. Well, they're both as bad as each other. I mean, I, I, I'm going to keep my eye on this now because you're going to start seeing the candidates. You know, when they start having the... It starts off with about 20 people and you know that some of the complete lunatics. Yeah, well, the, the next story, you know, another one about DeSantis. Well, we said that, didn't we? Nobody said before 2017, was it, that Trump would ever be president. There were people going on telly and just laughing at the idea. Oh, yeah. yeah and that's why that's that was Trump's power in a way because... He cut through something that, that the the issues he didn't have any solutions to the issues, but he could talk to he could he could appeal to the worst people among us, and that is a, a powerful thing, you know. Because like when he was doing those debates with Hillary, the problem Hillary had is she was she was sort of overconfident because she just thought, well, Trump's an idiot. So she didn't try enough, and within that space of not trying enough, he really did kind of, um, you know, win a, win win the audience over because people don't really care about policy and those kind of they're not real those debates, you know, presidential debates and stuff like that. They're not like real, you know, the, the theatre. 
Well, I'm a bit, gonna, I'm a bit concerned about the news this week that um, Joe Biden is running again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason I say that is because he's getting pretty old, isn't he? He's going to be yeah, yeah. What, 82, People, 84. I, Biden's presence is not. I mean, he's a he's very one. experienced. But we're living, like I said, we're he'll probably in beat Trump. World, so. But is is he getting too old? Is it maybe maybe there should be somebody coming up? In the uh, Democratic Party that can take over. I mean, can, you'd, you know, you'd like the, to think, wouldn't you? Yeah, Camilla Harris. Maybe she could be the first female U.S. president. I must admit, I don't know too much about uh, Harris, but um, there are people. I mean, I keep my eye on it, and I'll. But we we don't get a say in that, so <laughs> I can, I'm not going to follow it as much as I would uh, our our coming general election. Yeah, I mean, it's, going had, be, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be a big one. That I mean, this next story again. It's about DeSantis and oh god, was just, his, yeah, was his trip just... to his trip to London to visit with uh, Kimmy Badenoch. Kimmy Badenoch. Kimmy Badenoch Powell and uh, James Cleverly. James oh, not very cleverly. James not so. <laughs> um, Florida's right wing governor. Ronda DeSantis, architect of multiple anti-LGBTQ bills, is set to meet senior conservative ministers on Friday the 28th of April. That was a Friday that's just gone, so it's already happened, during a visit to the UK. The Republican politician will meet with the Secretary of State for Business and Trade and Minister for Women's and Equalities, Kimmy Badnock, and Foreign Secretary uh, James Cleverly to promote direct foreign investment in Florida, despite recent warnings of the state being hostile to LGBTQ travels. DeSantis will also address a group of 50 business leaders at a private conference with Badnock. I, I, can, I can guess where that's going to be. Um, well, you know, James Cleverly was in the news not long ago because he was, yeah, you know, that uh, that's sort of like a protest group called Led by Donkeys. Yeah. And they discovered that they were taking like ten thousand pound pay, like cash payments, for being influencers, like going into to talk to certain people and not declaring it. You know, if I did that, if I was to do something like that, I'd be in jail. I'd I'd be fired. I'd be in jail, and that'd be the end of it. But because you, for some reason, the people that work for Michael Gove, I say Michael Gove because Michael Gove seems to be at the centre of all these kind of you know, policy exchange things and Tufton yeah. Street things. And well, I mean, just she... to give you an idea of who's getting excited about this trip, you know, Britain's right wing calls DeSantis a courageous, bold leader. Britain is the last stop on, De- on DeSantis' trade mission, which included visits to Japan, South Korea and Israel. Um, he's right wing British politicians are flocking to meet with anti-LGBT Florida Governor and Nigel Farage Party Reform UK has been chasing a private meeting. Uh, Richard Tice, leader of Reform. Oh, uh, gosh, UK, don't get me started on Tice. <laughs> formerly the Brexit Party, told Politico that DeSantis is a courageous, bold leader and, and one the Democrats should fear. Um, you know, it's like, it's like the, the right the right love this guy. And what does that tell you? you know? There's two things I'm going to do this week. Because, uh, you know, you mentioned Richard Tice then. Yeah. Richard Tice is like the head of the Reform Party. It's kind of a yep. fake political party, but they had uh, Alex, uh, oh, what's she called? Uh, there's a one called, there's a lady called Belinda De Lucy, is like a distant relative of the Queen, and Alex Phillips, 
And Alex Phillips made this speech going, I'm not ashamed to be white. And I know what a woman is. It was like, if, if you'd have seen this on telly, you'd just think this was a joke. You'd think it was a parody. But no, they, they, they're coming across as if they want to be serious. And uh, I think the people like Martin Daubney, if you've heard of him, who was one of the people that went to Brussels on the Brexit bus with Nigel Farage, the Brexit fun bus, I call it. I, I did write something about that ages ago, and it was called the Brexit fun bus. And I just looked at everybody that was like, you know, Anne Widdicombe, uh, like I said, Alex Phillips, and Belinda De Lucy, uh, Martin Daubney, Nigel Farage, um, the usual suspects. Yeah, it's like a bus full of the worst people. If there was any bus you wish might go off the go road, off a cliff, it something. might be that one. Yeah. So, so, so let's just. I'm not now. Let just, just to uh, just be clear, I'm not wishing the death of Anne Widdicombe in any way. I, I don't want anybody to be injured in a bus crash. <laughs> but Correct. when you read about what these people say and the lies these people are willing to proliferate in the name of politics, it makes you not care about them very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to add. But, but yeah, and Richard Tice actually pays for a slot on talk TV. And I found this out. Actually, I won't tell you how I found this out. But he, he, he has a Saturday or Sunday show, and he, he has an hour to a couple of hours, and it's just a party political broadcast, basically, that he pays for. And Richard Tice pays for a lot of things on talk TV because you'll notice a lot of the guests uh, are linked to Richard Tice. Like, um, have you heard of Isabel Oakeshott? Yeah. she's She was... Well, I don't think they're still together, but they did have a relationship and they're connected. And if you look at who she's connected to, you'll see it's all, like I said, goes back to Michael Gove and the policy exchange and the all sharing information. And yeah, that's a conspiracy. But uh, yeah, so I found out this by looking at the Led by Donkeys um, Twitter. And obviously, because I've been on talk TV a few times I started to notice the guests and I, what, what I plan to do because when talk, when Tice has his show I'm going to ring him up as just as a caller, I'm not going to put my real name on it and I'm going to ask him about these allegations about who he's connected to and do you think you're you should be lying about why, you, why you're on talk TV like you actually pay for this slot don't you and I wanted to put it and see what he says and also another thing that reminds me, another thing about you know, you know, Kelly J. Keane does this thing called Turf Talk Tuesday. Mm. I'm going to try yeah. and get on there, but obviously I can't yeah, use my real name. An, an anonymous caller. Yeah, so I'm just going to call. So my name's Deborah, and I live in Manchester. I'm just sick of these trannies taking over. <laughs> Let's see if they'll put me on. I think it's amazing what you're doing for women, Kelly. You just you're such so, one of a kind. You're so powerful and you're so influential. <laughs> And then you're going to do the big reveal and say, hi, it's Frida. Yeah, it's Frida Wallace here. And I'd just like to remind you that there are several police reports on you at the moment. For <laughs> No, she just put the phone down. You probably would. Yes. I'd have, the thing is with that, I'd have to keep up the act long enough for it to make sense as a call. Because as soon as she clocked me, she would put the phone down. <laughs> so listen out for that on Tuesday, if I can do well. it. So we've, we've, we've had a lot of uh, Ronda DeSantis, DeSantis stuff in this week's pod. Um, and I thought we'd end on a bit of a tribute to Ronda. Well, we've done all the topics. We've done all the topics, I thought yeah. there was... Did you not get the one I sent you? Well, you, didn't, you didn't send me one, love. Oh, God. What was that one? Just you have to talk on. it. I don't have a picture. It's like I just keep talking a minute. <laughs> what was it about? <laughs> it's about... Um, I forgot now. You forgot what your topic was. Yeah. 
because I know because I had a few, I had a few potential topics. Okay. Um, well, yeah, um, teachers, uh, they were, they were, there's a far right process, uh, protest, sorry, of activists blasting George Michael tunes because, well, the, the the LGBTQ activists were blasting out George Michael songs, and about five or six right wingers turned up for this protest, and um, it was about a drag event at a pub in London. So these these far right people thought we're going to protest this because we don't want drag queens, and then loads of LGBTQ people and allies turned up with a massive sound system and played loads of George Michael at them. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's the sort of thing, guy. That's the kind of protest. I, do you yeah. know when I talked about yeah. taking me Bluetooth speaker? When when Kelly when Kelly J Keen comes to Manchester, I'm not going to reveal too much about this just because you know people might leak it. But we should do what Beth Douglas does in in uh, in Glasgow, and and you know the cabaret. What's it called? Cabaret against transphobia. I can't remember now. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They just yeah, have yeah. a big party in the same square. The council knows. cabaret against hate speech. And you have to approach them, but you have to do it legally. You have to say to the police, can we have this space to do this? It's not going to be any trouble. We just, you know, and the police are more mm -hmm. likely to say yes, because, you know, it's not a problem. Yeah. If Kelly J. Keene is allowed to do that, then we're allowed to do this. It's, mm -hmm. it's If you're going to stick to the idea of freedom of speech and expression, you have to have it both ways. Yeah. So there's no basis for them to say no. But what I do worry about is like, in Manchester, there are quite strong, what I would say, anti-fascist networks, and they they have a more direct action approach to people like Kelly Keane. So, so I mean, that's fine. I've, ne I've never stopped them doing whatever they think is effective. But I think there might there's always going to be there's going there's always going to need to be a police presence. Not because the police are there to harm anybody, but it's like if it if it does get to a point where there is sort of a bit of there could be people hurt, they have to be there. And I that's 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 just something I that's my personal view, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, more more discos, more George Michael, bigger speakers, drown them out. Yeah. So it's, it's about yeah. numbers again, you know. Not many people. So you'd be surprised how very few people support transphobic rhetoric. Oh yeah. I mean, you might it might Probably. feel like it when you're on Twitter. It might feel like, and and when you see the Daily Mail and you see all these stories like we've just covered. But actually, in real terms, in in actual numbers, in the maths of it, they they are the tiny man. That's when they kind of so loud and they, they reach for these platforms because they know they're fighting a losing game. History doesn't history doesn't prefer their view of the world. So talking of drag and talking of Republicans and talking of Rhonda, here's the uh, the first tribute picture. It's now on the screen. Let me see. I can't see it. So these this there's a there's a thing on um Instagram called Republicans. And oh yes, yeah. I, I, just have I highly recommend you go and have a look. It's hilarious. I've seen I've, I've, I've so saved a, it. There's a picture here of uh Ronda in drag. Um, welcome to Ronda Santi's malfeasant era. Dirty um, Santes. Lady has been drinking from the cauldron of darkness <laughs> and he's blackout drunk with power. But they look amazing, don't they? They do amazing. I'm, I'm hoping what this I, annoys Ronda. I mean, these um, colours and the artistry here, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the artistry is amazing. I'd love to know how they did it. Like, I know it's... Can you imagine Ronda's reaction to seeing these pictures? And all the other other kind of famous Republicans are all featured in Republicans. Yeah. So go have a look. It's really funny. Um, Here's another one. Um, Ronda Santi category is book book banning. Um, she's on a mission to turn that magic kingdom into a tragic kingdom <laughs> and isn't afraid to give Mickey the finger. The funniest one is the first one, <laughs> McConnell. And then here's another one. Um, yeah, same, same. But just, just bear in mind that, that even if these people dressed like this, and even if these people, this was the norm, imagine a world where this was the norm, like, like, if, if what, drag Republicans was the, in drag. Imagine a world where this drag look was the status quo. It wouldn't make these people better people. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's still with <laughs> the know, So because the way that because because this look, the way, the reason this is art and the reason drag is drag, it's not because of the clothes. It's because it challenges the status quo. And that's why drag is that's why any art that is of any use, of any value, it must say something that criticizes the culture. Not just appeals to people that like pretty things. That's the power of drag. I mean, there are some drag that you just look at and go, oh, "That's beautiful." Look at the artistry; it must have taken you ages to make that. And that's an element of oh, there's a craft element to drag. But the real power of drag is the political. You now, mm. you could you can be a drag queen and be completely non-political. I get that, but by presenting to the world an extreme version of you know, whatever you're trying to express. It's like a very, it's a, it's a political statement, whether you like it or not. And the best drag queens have all those things. They they have the, the artistry. They're really good on a sewing machine and they can do makeup brilliantly. But the element that makes a good drag queen for me is the, the, the knowing of the political climate they live in. So drag queens like Cheddar Gorgeous, and uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a big follower of RuPaul. I must admit, so I don't know a lot of the names. But you know, there are certain ones, and and Cheddar Gorgeous stands out to me because, well, because I know her. <laughs> I know Michael, but um, yeah, I think it's just really uh, that that make that makes drag interesting. So when you see it done in this Republican idea way, that's why it's that's why it's funny. It's not yeah, because it's the clothes are funny. Because I can imagine certain right-wingers looking at this and going, ha-ha, yes, yeah, it is ridiculous. Isn't drag ridiculous? But no, that's not the message here. It's about politics. I like how, I like how they picked up on our idea of Ronda. You, know, you heard it here first on Gender Nebulous, and I think... But it's it's not unusual, like, it in... in in cultures that the powerful people used to dress really ornately. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I was thinking about, you know, like in the Tudor period, like the more bling you had, the more bigger your hair was, the more uh, bilious your skirts were, the more power you had because the low people couldn't afford that. Yeah. And then the, the people became more resourceful and, and, and people learned to emulate those looks. And then it became democratic to hack because because if you if you have if you have access to all materials and you have the talent to make something that makes it democratic so that was our that was our um tribute to ronda i hope you enjoyed that
Ronda de Santos or Dirty Santos, if you prefer. It's up to you. Well, that um, was uh, that was interesting. I, was I think interesting, they were really yeah. good topics. Actually, we 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 were saying before we tend to talk about the same things a lot, don't we, about sports? But we, every time we have a story, we get a new kind. We'd of like to kind of you know a lot of these stories is is kind of there's threads in them from previous episodes where we've spoken about you know we've spoken about Ronda quite a lot. We've spoken about Dylan Mulvaney quite a lot. So it's just interesting how the stories evolve, and you know now we're seeing Ronda coming over to the UK and talking to the other person that we talk about a lot, which is Kimmy Badnock and all these kind of weird connections, which are going on in the background with these people. It's, um, it's all very mm. revealing. Well, I'm going to be uh, giving some more tally soon, but what I'm yeah. trying to do is so get away. Yeah. From let's it. just talk about what your little idea we, we, you were discussing yesterday. Let's talk about that. Oh, do you mean uh, about having uh, finding some trans people, yeah. non-binary people mm-hmm. who want, who, who who have got the confidence and maybe yeah. want to go. Because what was happening was I was getting calls from Talk TV quite a lot and asking me to talk on the same topics all the time. And I kept saying yes, because I wanted to get the message out. And also I wanted to promote this podcast. That was kind of, it, it, it might seem shallow to want to do that, but yeah, it's part of it because I want to get good messages out there. But So I was using Talk Radio in a way, as well as they're using me to be, a talking head but but it, we got to the point where i thought because i said i can't do this but i know somebody who can and i would i would maybe think of some others some others who i've seen in the news like katie montgomery and i've seen beth douglas do stuff and i've seen sarah savage do stuff and i thought it would be good if we had a network like we're not we're not an organization that's like i'm an employee of anybody all it is is where i can go quickly to a phone number or an email address and say, this is person would be really good on this topic because they have this experience and that is it really. So if I could just get a list of trans women or anybody on this. So a list no, of so, people who are prepared to go on. Yeah, because they're, they're always a bit, of a knowledge, about, bit of a knowledge database on topics yeah. and experts. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just so then because, because I, because I've managed to get a few um, connections to people in on GB News, Talk TV, LBC, a uh, couple of other things I'm looking at. I'm trying to get out of that. I'm trying to get into more, I wouldn't call them more friendly spaces, but just where they're actually willing to listen to what you've got to say rather than put a video up later that's been caught so loads of the fans can pile yeah, in. And so you're not being used as fodder for that. Yeah, because this, this was one of my concerns when I started stances. thinking about suggesting people because i'd have to say look if this goes to social media there will be a backlash you will have don't read the comments because they'll be mm. awful you know and i don't want to put anybody i don't i would i would be a bit worried about suggesting say you vicky went on something and then there was a lot of abuse after i feel responsible for that so what i want to do is put together a resource page together maybe on the gender nebulous website that just says what to look out for um what the what the kind of attitude of the broadcaster is what their political uh, message is generally so you can expect that you will you there is going to be backlash and pe- but it's just the same for anybody in the public eye you can look at anybody you can look at like you know i was thinking like some, somebody you wouldn't even think is a controversial figure like you know hugh edwards if you look you know what i mean they get abuse all the time from people because you know they're not saying the thing they want them to say and it's like, I'm sorry, mate, but not everything on the telly is for you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can't... 
Uh, so a bit of a bit of a resources page in the Gender Nebulous yeah. website. Yeah. Um, maybe some profiles of people who are going to go on and talk. Yeah, you could just have a nice little. Just the basic info. I'm thinking just a picture as as if they picture as a, in a bio, like, like as if they would appear on their camera, mm-hmm. and just a little bio that says you know what the pronouns are, what the the motive, like like what the not necessarily what their job is. You don't have to reveal anything about your personal yeah, life, but basics. what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of thing, and we'll have to work it all out. But uh, that was the idea, and um, so then what we could do was I could interview as a podcast the people that, uh, who were involved in that, and then make a, a podcast about that. So we're talking specifically about media inclusion for half an hour. Uh, but but uh, you know, it's, it's just an idea at the moment. So I'm just I'm just uh, scribbling it all out on my pad. Like I've got a list of names on me. That I'm, I'm thinking of asking. Yeah, sounds because like because there's no idea. point. In, there's no point in sitting here and complaining. Oh, they're not saying the right things about us. But it's not. Um, I mean, it's not to kind of dictate what people say when they go on. It's just to give kind of guidelines yeah. as to these are the talking yeah, no, no, points. No, no. These are the things that you could expect to come no. up and yeah. you know address yeah. them in this way. Maybe I think I think that's useful for people. Yeah, but you, you might what, what I'm saying is. I would never tell anybody what to say no, or say that if, if they make a mistake and get a fact wrong or they, they perhaps could have done a little no, bit. If, you, if you're going to go on, it would be useful to know, you know, I'm going to go on and talk to this person. So what's this person's kind of, how do they normally talk about these issues? It would be yeah. useful to know that. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be useful to know, okay, these are the talking points. And for this particular talking point, be aware of these issues and mm. these angles. Mm. So you know, you've got like a full picture of what might come up when you're on. I think that's yeah. important to have. Yeah, and also, like, a lot of the same topics come up, like sports, yeah. prisons, uh, trans people. And it's usually the same people with the same things all the time. So if so if you've just got a little knowledge base of what that question actually means, like, like I would say, if somebody said to you, what is a woman? Because they sometimes do this, don't they say, what is a woman? Well, how would you respond to that? And my yeah, so just some is kind of say, guy, just some pointers around It's just to, to understand that question yeah. is a leading question, and it's a, and it's a loaded question. And also, I I always say adult, human, female because I just go because I because if I go to that, it make, it makes just as much sense to say that as anything else. And then they have they they have a next question, and it did that it diffuses that because that's what I did with Nick Ferrari. I knew he was going to say that because he'd said it to every person on this issue. So I just said because I, I didn't want to have that conversation. I wanted to shut it down and talk about the thing that the the point of the thing. Now, if you're Kia Starmer, you'll go, oh, well, well, maybe 99% of women are, are, are cis. And, oh, I don't know, really. And it just it's just stupid. Just answer the question as ridiculously it was as it was asked. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, that, I mean, I'm interested in doing that. That sounds like a good thing. We need to figure out exactly how it's going to work. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, why not? Well, that was, uh, yeah, is that uh, everything covered today? <laughs> We are, we are, we are, we are. I'm still recovering from last night. Still recovering from last night, yes. Um, Oh, yeah. A pint of coffee. Pints of coffee. I think I need another one. Um, That was one hour 20. So I guess our next pod will be on Thursday, Thursday Live. And on Friday, we have Professor Stephen Whittle. Coming on and oh, doing an fantastic. interview with Let us. Let me just make a Friday note. That I, didn't, I didn't put the new date. I'm really terrible for this. You are. You are terrible. You need a you need a calendar. I haven't got one here. <laughs> you need to use your calendar. What? Right, I'll do it in a minute. 
Yeah, so that I mean that won't be out on Friday, but we'll be recording it Friday. It'll be coming out a few days later. Um, but the next, yeah, Thursday for the next live. Um, so thanks for listening to us. Please subscribe. Please like. Please come back again and listen to our ridiculous conversations. Um, yeah. Anything else for you? What did I miss? I think that's everything for this week. <laughs> One thing we've forgotten to do, though. What's that? The song. Oh God, the song. We're going to get it right today. Are you going just to, are you going case, to interrupt? Just in case anybody's new to the podcast and they don't understand, we try and do a song in synchronization at the end of every episode. And the song is Don't Forget to Subscribe. It's really simple. But Vicky can never do it because she has no sense of timing or tone or, or anything. So, so we try. Is there a delay? I think you're delayed. Anyway. Okay, so I'll count in. You ready? I'm ready. One, two, three. Don't, Don't forget, forget to, to subscribe. subscribe. You know, that's as close as we're going to get, I think. Yeah. It's never going to be better than that. Never. Congratulations <laughs> for finally being on time. Yeah. Well, thanks Sorry, for in that. time. In time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Bye for now. Bye Don't for now. Tune in on Thursday. We'll see you later.